podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Denny, and this is the Anfield Index podcast. Literally no idea what number this one is. Lisa Marie will fill us in later, no doubt on that. But I just wanted to begin by saying, hi guys, in my best Cliff Richard impression, inspired by Mr. Carl Kopak, who was having a very deep and meaningful chat about said Cliff Richard with me just before the mics went live, and Carl's joining us. You can hear him there in the background. Lisa Marie's joining us. You'll hear her soon. Cam is joining us. You'll hear him soon. And Guy is joining us. You'll also hear him soon. I'm going to go around to each of these wonderful colleagues in a second. Uh, and I just want to play for you at start. I think I've played it before. Uh, but but just, let's just say this topic has been on my mind lately. And I just thought you might appreciate it. So here we go. Not afraid to admit it. Marriage is a major decision. How many times in your life do you want to lose half your stuff? <laughs> when women talk about marriage, it's a happy occasion. I'm getting married, I got my ring, I got my colors picked out, I got four of my fat friends to stand next to me. But it's not the same for the men. When men talk about marriage with our friends, it sounds like something you get diagnosed with. Did you hear what happened to Charles? No, what? He's getting married. No! I just seen him last week. She told him yesterday Is there anything that we could do for him? No, the invitations already went out There's nothing we can do (laughs) Anyway For reasons that was on my mind And we'd like to start with a light-hearted thing And Carl, uh, like I said, we've already been having a little chat About uh, Cliff Richard What else has been on your mind in the last Little while since we've done one of these together? Um, I've enjoyed no football that's quite nice. Um, I uh, looked forward to the, the, the next game, and, but now I'm not because I'm not going because I had a ticket in the the upper Anfield Road stand. Oh. Of course, there are no tickets in the there are no seats in the upper Anfield Road stand. Mm. So that's me done on that, and I'm also made that means I'm also not going to Forest and Fulham. That's. So I'm glad you flagged that one up. Consider that tacked on to the agenda for later on because I do want to talk about it. I, I heard a good a, a couple of very different 
takes on that. A very good discussion um, between Jim and Jay on Scouser Tommy's about it. Both of the lads pretty pissed. Uh, but it was mostly Jim feeding back because the news broke during the show. And I heard a couple of different takes from different people as well saying, oh, well, look, maybe it's not such a bad thing in the end. Obviously, it is for people like yourself. And that's why I want to we'll definitely revisit that. That's an interesting topic. So uh, if, if I forget, Carl, remind me on that one. Um, as I said, also joined by Lisa Marie, who is actually going out of her way to uh, join us from a workplace, unless I'm saying too much there. Lisa Marie, how are you? Um, yes. Hello. I am here at my workplace to record episode 371 there we of go. the Anfield Index podcast. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm in the office, typically the physical office on uh, Mondays and Tuesdays. So there's nobody else here. They're all other places. So I was able to hop on here with you all today. But more importantly, fall has arrived here in Middle Tennessee. Very happy about that because it means that the temperatures have a little bit of chill to them, which you all should know makes me happy. So, yes, I was going to say, so you finish your schizophrenic. It could be anything from one day to the next summer. And now you're into uh, kind of solidly actual fall. The leaves yeah. are changing. Yeah, yeah. You smell the apple cider and the pumpkin spice in the air. It's it's all just great. It's wonderful. That's a very, very romantic and beautiful and poetic way of putting it. I would simply say that around here lately it's been cold as fuck. Um and so <laughs> that would be that would be my poetic. But I was so excited to I wore a sweater yesterday, Trev. A sweater. Yes. Well I've <laughs> I've got my hat on indoors just for Carl Kopak, uh, but also because it's cold. Um Guy Drinkle. Uh, long time no chat, my friend, on a, on a podcast. It's been a while. How are you doing? I'm good, Trev. I'm just pondering the existence of Chompy and the, and the girls. Oh, you have absolutely <laughs> blown my mind with that thing today. I, Honest to God, it's because the, the, the special effects on this Chompy movie uh, are so wretchedly awful that it's actually really disturbing. That yeah. the, the, the gaping maw of his mouth is utterly terrifying. And there's something about the slow sort of descent of the body over <laughs> over the subject that's being swallowed whole. My God. Uh, My God. He, look, he looks a bit like Nigel Farage, doesn't he? I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say. It makes a, it more real. There's a metaphor right <laughs> <in> there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except it turns out he's Chompy's a good guy. Uh, and, 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 perfect. And he contains multitudes. So unfortunately, the Farage thing ends there all of a sudden because we know he's not exactly uh, the deepest of, of characters. Uh, you've probably listened to way too much football chat. Are you a bit like Carl? Uh, and I definitely include myself in this. Have you managed to enjoy a little break away from the footy at all when you're not recording people talking? Um, yeah, kind of. Um, I am a weirdo and I had the England game on in the background. No, I went to the pub to watch it. What's wrong with me? Um, Jesus. I went to a working men's club to watch the England game. To watch the England game, did you? And did I, I vote conservative last time? Well, I've got to ask you. I, I've, no, I've got no clue. Did they win? What What does it matter? What was it in? I, I don't even know. What is it this? Was, it was a friendly against Australia. Oh, well, that sounds, yes, that was, sounds vital. Yes, it was fucking amazing. <laughs> um, it was shit. I think England, yes, 
England won. I can't remember who's Watkins scored. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Trent, Trent was playing, so I have that excuse. So I watched. Yeah, Trent. and was it was it that was that the game that led to poor Jordy Henderson not understanding why he was being booed? Was that the game? Yes, or that, that was that one. Yes. There you go. Ah, bless. Yeah, yeah, well, more importantly, um, guys, what do you think about trade unions? Well, if my social activity is anything to go by, it should be abolished. <laughs> um, exactly. Yes, power, power to the uh, powers, I think that is. Okay. National service, is that coming up anytime soon? I think it needs a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> a bit more of that. And the NH- think- NHS has too much money, if anything. Exactly. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah get, let's get a red it's overfunded, if anything. Yeah. Get a red and put some money on it. I I I I can't believe uh, the, the, this Tory slander you're picking up here, guy. Considering you said you went to a working men's club. Did you watch an England match? I watched England rugby as well. God, am I a Tory? Well, yeah. I, 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 let's. I'll tell you now. I'll tell you now. Who was the follow-up to the England match? Was it Bernard Manning? Because if it is, you were fucked. <laughs> I can't remember what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. If it, if, if, was it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings us to Cambridge, who's also joining us, thankfully. So we have the full compliment, and it's great to have everybody on one show. Cam, uh, what did you make of that? Uh, what did you make of that uh, marriage chat there? Now I know you're happily married to Mrs. B, and in and, and the most idyllic way possible, but uh, it's kind of relatable, wasn't it? <laughs> well, shall we debate this happily bit? <laughs> well, all I know is I realise that you are currently in the enviable. We'd all love to be in your shoes position of <laughs> of, of shelling out for several happy occasions. So I'd imagine you're quite jaundiced about you're, marriage you're, in general. You're going to be you're going to be pleased to know we're currently building a new shed. Jesus. Yeah. Well, at least you'll have somewhere nice to go in future. Well, it's nicer than the one we had. Let's put it this way. There's going to be brick walls. There's going to be a proper door on there. There's going to be a proper roof. There There might even be electric inside and there'll be skim walls. And yeah, there might even be a water supply in there as well. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you over some some pictures and a, a rug and we'll get you all set up for <laughs> for, for your inevitable eviction. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna be long. It's not gonna be long. I have no fear. But I'd love to talk about the Rugby World Cup. I think uh, we had two brilliant games recently. So um, I'm I, with I would really I would really rather not because I know that. Yeah, Unfortunately, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 and again, in, in, uh, being Irish, I can't be accused of anything in this regard. But unfortunately, I did develop an interest in rugby about 20 years ago, and I wish I hadn't, uh, because we, I was left with the horrible spectre of seeing us underperform spectacularly against New Zealand, and we really, really are better than we showed and should have been on into the next stage. But alas. The All Blacks were the All Blacks, and they did their thing. So they were phenomenal. They were phenomenal. They, they were so good. So were Ireland. So were Ireland. I thought I thought we really, really were subpar. Um, uh, there was a lot of people played well within themselves, and we didn't take advantage of situations. It was a bit depressing. But anyway, anyway, the best thing about it was 
I had my uh, I had my pal over and we had uh, several, 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 I would like to say glasses of wine, but it turned into several bottles of wine. So that at <laughs> least ended up in a Spotify music and talking shit about the world session that sort of fixed everything. I think everyone can relate to that kind of putting the worlds to right. And so I want to start our, our chat about... Um, Liverpool-centric stuff, and of course, feel free to wander and ramble. We're not absolutely restricted to this, but just to have some kind of a structure, I did suggest a couple of ideas to you, and hopefully um, they made sense when we were talking early on. And the first thing, I guess, there's a, a, a very unfortunate upshot from this international break. We're all, I think, quite... Um, negative in our attitude towards them in general although I, I bring you back to exhibit A which is Carl Saini enjoyed the break from the footy I always do too I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you it always goes way too quick I can't actually believe that now we're getting into a game at the weekend where I know most people are saying oh god I can't wait for proper football to be back and I, I relate to that too but when, when I get a break I do enjoy it um, the upshot from this one however is we've got a first teamer who's crocked and we've got Ali versus uh, Darwin later on tonight, um, which means they won't be back until, you know, probably five minutes before kickoff uh, at half frickin' 12. More of that later on. So we'll go reverse order. And I'll stay with you on this one, Cam. Um, the bad news for us is that that first teamer that's injured and it's very vague and open ended as to how long this injury may last. But this general consensus is from his international manager, Steve Clark, and a few of the things I'm hearing, that it's definitely going to be. He, he, he Clark reckoned he could still be out for the next international break for sure, which means way past the City game. This is not good. So I, have, I had one simple question for you. How would you fix the crisis of Robbo's absence from the team? Because... Is it just as simple for you as Costas Simicus? Does that make sense for you? Are you happy with that? What do you reckon? Yeah, uh, simple as. I mean, we gave him a new contract in the summer. We gave him a new contract for a reason. He he knows he's the backup left back, and um, he's he is the man to go forward for us now. We we don't have a a choice in that regard. So. Um, I think we've got to try and make the most of it as best as we can and um, uh, and take it from there. That's that's all we can really do, to be honest. Um, I don't see what else we can do. I mean, I know for folks have, some folks have said, oh, we need to get Joe, Joe Gomez in there. They'd rather play Joe Gomez there. Well, it, if that was the case, why did we give Costas a, a new contract? What What's the point of having him there? He, he's, an, he's an established left back. He's more than capable of um, filling in there. Is it, is it ideal? No. But these are the breaks that, you know, that, that we get. And um, he's, he's got to go in there with, um, you know, all guns blazing and try and prove to the world that he's more than good enough to replace uh, Robbo in the meantime. And maybe even, you know, keep Robbo out of the team because there's a lot of people saying, to the end of last season and over the summer we need a new left back and again going back to it why is he signed a new contract because we, he's the backup 
And if he wasn't the backup, then we should have sold him and we should have got a left-sided centre-back in if Joe Gomez was the option. So, yeah, cost us. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. I mean, it's very hard, to, Guy, to argue with anything Cam's saying there. And he has floated the potential of that some people were suggesting. And I was one of those people of Joe Gomez going to that position. And the reason I would say that is that I think a back four where Joe is playing in an actual back four or as one of the nominal uh, centre half types who allows Trent to do his wandering, I think that leaves us stronger uh, than with Costas in there. And I understand it's not exactly horses for courses, but Joe Gomez has played there before and he's in a rhythm and he's a stronger presence aerially, probably better defensively. Probably no, not even probably at all. He just is, but I I feel like Cam that the the Kloppo will 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 through loyalty or stubbornness or whatever will will go with Costas and and again like Cam says, Costas may well be good enough and may throw down a marker. Um, where do you stand on whether he will be able to do that or not, and would he be your obvious choice in that particular quandary that we've been set now? Just watch some Oslo there, it'd be man of the match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think Simicas is the answer. Um, if we had a bit more, well, I suppose we have Kwanzaa now, don't we? I always forget Kwanzaa exists. There is a shout for Gomez there, but he hasn't played left back since the Brendan days. Yeah, it was. That's a, a long ass. That's a long ass time ago. Um, no, I think it is Simic. As, as Cam rightly says, he got a new contract for a reason. He's clearly happy being the backup. And this is the first time probably in two seasons or maybe a season and a half that Robbo's missed any games really at all. Um, it may require a slight tweak, but it's it's not like he's replacing peak Robertson. Robertson has dropped off a smidgen. Um, so I think the gap is a tad closer than it was when was Robbo at his peak? 18, 19, 20, 20. Um, so, yeah, I think the the gap isn't as vast as it used to be in terms of our backup to, to full-backs. But, no, it has to be Simicast because he he's good on the ball. Defensively, we don't... It's weird because Simicast sometimes looks awful, but I think as soon as he gets into a run of games, he's been quite good. And I think that's where shouts... Do you remember when we first signed him and he had a little run of game? No, the season after we signed him, he had that run in the team and everyone was like, is he going to challenge Robbo? And that's yeah. like the only time he's really had a run in the team. Yeah. So I think maybe we may have some teething problems there, but after maybe one, two, maybe three games, I think it'll be fine. And then hopefully Robbo will be um, coming back soonish. And then 
in the Europa League. I think it's Luke Chambers, the young lad, so maybe we blood a youngster as a left back or something like that for them games. But no, I think it is definitely Simic. I think Gomez, it's it's been a long eight, nine years since he's played left back, so it'll be too risky for me. You're the guy who has his ear to the ground in terms of day to day what's going on through listening, producing, hosting, all the various things that you do for the channel. Um is the what's the latest on the timeline for Robbo, guy? I've not actually seen anything. I'm guessing it'll be no. Klopp's, um Presser, yeah. Presser on Friday. Yeah, I think you're right. Might be yeah. Thursday if it's half twelve. Um but when I'm guessing that'll be the first time, but if the Scottish manager said till next um international break is I think that's the middle of November, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So if that's the bare minimum, that's not good. No, and, and again, that was possibly. I don't know if he was being pessimistic or optimistic. It's it's hard to know. Um, Lisa Marie, on this topic here about how to fill the gap left by Rabo, another name that came up there this time. It's Guy suggesting a name, and that's Kwanzaa. And I think again, if we were going to go for a sort of uh, version of what I think this system nominally is supposed to look like with uh, three defenders who are sort of mobile and can nominally play as three centre halves across the back for when Trent steps into midfield. I guess Quanza's an obvious choice there as well as someone to step in given his form to date. Um, are you very much on the same train as everybody else uh, so far? It seems Guy and 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 Cam are look. It's it's obviously cost us. There's anything else is messing. Whereas I'm actually I openly would prefer to play Joe Gomez because of the the form that the fella's been in, and I understand all I all I would say to people who who, who think it might be tough for him is James Milner. That's all I'd say. James Miller did a, a fantastic stint there for us uh, as a right-footed player who wasn't exactly mobile compared to Joey Gomez. Uh, and he did quite well for a, a good period one season. So any 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 alternative suggestions for us or are you very much uh, Team Simicus as well? Um, I'm torn. I, I mean, I think there is a very valid... I, argument, if you will, that if we're going to continue to play where, you know, Trent is moving into midfield, I do kind of like the sort of three center back um, option, if you will, be it Joe Gomez, be it um, Gerald Kwanzaa, you know, whoever. I think I think there is something to be said for that because, you know, you've kind of felt sometimes like Robertson has been sort of kind of. I don't want to say forced, but, but, you know, plugged into that role that when we're playing that system doesn't necessarily suit him. So, but I mean, as we've talked about many, many times on the show before, there's what we think Klopp should do and what we know Klopp will do. And when I'm looking at what I kind of know Klopp will do, I'm pretty sure it's Costa Simicus. Yeah, I think it probably is as well. And knowing Klopo, I think that's exactly the right shout. And Carl, we've probably flogged this one to death, so feel free to not give it too much time. But when you do, and if you do want to give a shout on it, uh, feel free to do that. But would you also then start us on our next topic, which is, as we know, 
half 12 uh, on Saturday, we play Everton. It is a very, very big game, regardless of where either team is in the league at the time. And obviously there's a lot of heft behind it. And what I asked you guys to do is to pick out your best and worst Derby memories. So first of all, anything to say on the on the uh, um, Andy Robbo uh, gap, and then go into your Derby memories first. Um, um, we don't talk anymore is also a great song that that's worth saying. And uh, <laughs> another song called Miss Unite, which is quite it's very very underrated. Anyway, um, I don't think I still think there's a massive difference between Costas and Andy Robertson. I just think Andy Robertson was tired. I don't think he's fallen off. I think he hasn't he hasn't had a week off since he got here pretty much. Um, I think he's he's coming back into form quite nicely. Um, I'm still playing Costas. That's what he's there for. He's the replacement left back, so you play him because he's replacement left back. So I wouldn't put Gomez there. That that discussion there reminds me of the thing the club brought out. You know the buddies thing or Bezzy's thing where they where they asked each other questions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it was Gomez and Van Dijk, and, and one of the questions was what what positions did I play when I first got here, Virgil? And he went through everything, and at the end of it, he said left back, and then he just went seriously you, which which I, I for, for the world's greatest defender. That speaks volumes. <laughs> he sees Joe Gomez every day. He loves Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez is his best mate, and he couldn't believe that he played left back once. Um, so that, that's enough for me. Um, I don't know. Best derby, worst derby. I mean, they're all pretty bad when you lose, aren't they? Or even moments. You don't have to pick out a, a specific result because, as you say, they're all shit and you lose. But I, there have been some awful moments in games that we won as well. So it was more just the kind of highlight moments. I mean, there's obviously, I mean, I... Pivok, obviously, there's, there's people, one of the one people are going to talk about. Yeah. The, the worst defeat, though, the Graham Sharp one at Anfield in 84 when they were coming back again. That 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 was the game. And I thought, hang on, these these are good. These are these are like probably they they could actually do stuff here. They could actually you know, they they could win things. Because then and they then, were, and then then they did. Yeah, and then they did. Um, yeah, just to, to to some level of you know actual, um, actual admiration at times of that of that Everton team around that period from eighty four to eighty seven. Um, yeah, low point. All that, but so, but at the same time, I read about this yesterday actually. Um, it, but at the same time, actually, very good for the city, and it was quite nice to do that. So, I, I, I don't know, best, there's just far too many. The 5 0 and 82, I know no one's going to mention that, but god, 5 0 against Everton, Ian Rush getting four, Mark Lawrence and just um, Hanson walking through the, the, the central midfield. That, that was always a nice thing, but there's no just and they're all highs. You beat them, you play them, you beat them. That's what you do. That 82 one where Rush got four is where the Rush got four song came from, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and a, a lot of people will know the song, even if they don't know the origin of it. You get off the post. Yes. Yes. Uh, I actually just saw that goal today. Uh, I think Kenny played the ball through for that goal. Yeah. Uh, it was... Was that uh, the goal? Was it Hanson or I think it was Hanson, wasn't it? I didn't see them all, so I can't oh, remember. No, I mean, I'll have to look that up. There was a time when I used, I would have been able to tell you that when I was more obsessive. I'm gonna look it up now. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, uh, Lisa Marie, as to your best and worst derby memories as well. And again, you know, uh, 
recency bias will be playing into it for all of us but it's a necessary factor for yourself so I mean in recent times we've really had uh, we've really had the edge over that lot so the negatives have been minimal enough what's what what's in the two categories for you when it comes to Everton and Derby Day well I was I was thinking about this it feels like for various reasons, I rarely get to see the Derby game in real time. Um, either I've just got something else going on that weekend, or and this weekend's no exception. I'm actually going to be out of town. Um, but for me, the worst is getting up for that early kickoff and Virgil getting his knee crocked. I mean, that's just... Oh. <laughs> I was like, I got out of bed early for this. Um, and put it, put it, put it in perspective for folks. So that was that was the year. It was another half twelve, right? Which it for was. You, which for you I means I remember. It was just I remember I got up early because for me it's six thirty in the morning. Six thirty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and just all day long, all like I mean, just I was just feeling sick, and I just kept thinking, I can't believe I got up early for this. I can't believe I got up early for this. So, um, so that makes me a little bit leery about this weekend's game anyway um so yeah now do they have to be derbies for the league or or can it be like because i'll tell you my favorite and i think it's just because i did actually see it happen in real time it was one of the cup matches where curtis scored that great goal um against everton ah yes that was yeah, and I think and I think a little bit of it was because I actually I was watching the game in in real time. But but it does seem like oftentimes I don't watch the Derby live. I I catch it later. So yeah, well I can understand why on the ba- on the basis of one of one of your first ones being Virgil getting crocked. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's horrific. And actually more well, of well, that. They stole it from us, didn't they? They stole What's it from through VAR. They stole it off us from VAR when David Coote gave the. Well, oh yeah. <laughs> Again, more of that specific angle very soon. But just to finish out this with uh, the other two guys, um, speaking with the f- about guys, we'll go to our actual guy. Uh, what did what did what what about yourself um, in terms of Derby Day highlights, lowlights over the last years of your of your supporting? I'm currently watching Gerard Hattrick against them in eleven twelve in the background. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, because. We were, I know Kenny came back and it was a bit more fun, but we were still relatively shit. Yeah. And to have like nice moments like that, and it wasn't like to the very end of Steven Gerrard, but like his peak was probably one to or one to ten, wasn't it? So to see him like have these big moments, I think he had one against Napoli as well, didn't he? In the um, Europa League or whatever it was back then. Yeah. Um, it was like seeing those nice moments of Gerrard and just like. He's still in there. Um, and just, like, the shitness of Everton is just there all the time in these goals. Like, I'm watching the goals in the background, and he chips the keeper twice from outside the box. It's like, well, how does this happen? <laughs> um, God, Lord, Martin Kelly was still playing then. What a time. Um, anyway, my worst one, though, as soon as you said it, I fought Phil Jagielka screamer. Yes. That's mine too. Like, if you could pick any player in world football to not score a screamer, it's he'd probably be up there. Like I reckon I, 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 the faces, Carl. 
There's yeah. a world. There's a worldie in there. Like I reckon Allison would be more likely to score a worldie than Phil Jagielka. Well, he has. He exactly. Has. Yeah. He exactly has. It's just one of those weird ones because was that was an equalising goal if I remember correctly, wasn't it? Was it yeah. right at the end? And draws are draws are just probably worse than defeats at times because you're like, how do you draw to that? Like people can nick a win. But to, to draw a game is just like the most empty feeling ever. It's like we just wasted all that for that. Wasted a hundred odd minutes to just get nothing and to be left with a meme of a goal against us. So, yeah, Jagielka's screamer popped into my head as soon as you said negatives. Uh, yeah, I'm delighted you came up with that one because that was there for me as well. And again, I don't know why I was so flat after that, but I absolutely was. Um highlights for me Cam before I go to you (laughs) some of the tackles over the years I've been absolutely just beside myself with glee I don't know if you remember Dirk Kout's two-footed lunge Uh, that was spectacular Stevie Gerrard's had a few over the years as well Um, but for me I think the big win that I will have as my highlight in terms of beating Everton. It's not actually a, a league derby at all. It's the second leg second leg of the of the uh, of the double when Kenny basically was Roy of the Rovers and player managed us to the double in his first season as gaffer. Uh playing on the park as well and being incredible in all ways a human can be. And so to tie it up and, and get that win over that lot. As Carl said earlier on, 84, they were a coming force and they kind of hung around being reasonably good and they won two leagues, 85, 87, unless I'm mistaken. Basically, the years where we didn't win, they won um, in the 80s. Um, and so they were quite a force uh, and it, it, it meant a lot to win. Now, obviously, I think the, the win in 89 is probably even more important in some ways. Um, over them, but 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 for me that that one that was the second leg of a double really really stood out. And in terms of low points, uh, mine was I, I don't know why because it wasn't even that significant of a goal. But that Jagielka thing just made me sick to my stomach at the time as well. What about you? What are your two takeaways on either end of the scale there? Yeah, I mean pretty much everybody's mentioned what I was going to say. So the two negatives I was thinking was the Jagielka goal and the and the Van Dyke injury. And I always used to think Tim Cahill was just always going to score a header against us for some bizarre reason. Um, he always seemed to be there or thereabouts. So, um, but the biggest takeaway for me, you just touched on it then, was the 89 Cup final. I just think it was just such an emotional time for everyone, all the Liverpool fans around the world. Um, obviously, all the, all the Hillsborough families and everything. And I've just thought it was just so significant I don't know is that the right word that it was Everton that we played that day and you know it was it was it was actually probably the last game where the fans actually mixed and then it just got really bitter and nasty not long after that so um that's the greatest game I've ever been to yeah so um yeah for me it was the 89 cup final where Aldridge got one and Russia got two uh couldn't tell you who scored for Everton couldn't get a Stuart McCall got the equaliser at 2 2. It was a bit of a worldly that one. It was a, a yeah. bounce and a half volley hit. It was a, it was an absolute sickener, if you remember, because 
it was late and it's like oh my god we're going to extra time but i thought to be honest ian rush in both of those he got a he got a brace in both didn't he, he, he yeah. he's and he what was it was 86 was the year where he, where he basically hits the camera right yeah that's so that yeah yeah but yeah. but i thought the two cam you're right. I thought the two goals in 89 were equally good and such poacher goals. And yeah, man, it was one, if it, it was a, a trophy, you felt that the team needed to win. Do you know that kind of way? It was, mm. I, I, felt, I felt there was a lot of pressure on it. In retrospect, it's, it's probably one of the most important trophies the club's ever won. Um, I would, I, I've, I've always maintained that. So I think, I think that's a, a great shout as well. And let me stay with you to go to something a little bit more, Topical. Um, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of topical, I I was tweeting about this earlier on. Guys just put into the chats that he's only just now seen Gary Neville is going to be on Dragons. Then we will definitely come to that fucking topic at some stage. But what we've got facing us at the weekend, and and a couple of people have alluded to this already, is the spectre of the half twelve game, and we already know that Liverpool have. Oh, it's twice as many as the next nearest team uh, in terms of this. I did know the numbers. I think we've 16, next is nine or something like that. Whatever. It's something like that. Um, it's an, an absurd amount more. We already know what's going on. We all lived through the PGMOL apocalypse that was the Tottenham game. An absolute abomination that just got worse and worse. And then they rolled out... Um, the old uh, uh, top cop himself, and he made it even worse. He's an obnoxious man lying to everybody in full view on camera. Um, we saw Mike Dean losing his shit, being confronted by brain of Britain, Paul Merson, and actually coming <laughs> off worse because Merson actually had a point. Um, it's an absolute atrocity in terms of what we've had to endure Regardless of what anyone else says, they can say we're doing the kind of um, crying and, and we can, you know, we're, we're pretending it's we have worse luck than everyone else. It's objective. There's been several, uh, you know, fairly distinctive and, 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 and conclusive studies done on uh, decisions given. We can see the thing about the half 12 kickoffs. And now we find out that David freaking Coote mentioned earlier on is getting his first ever game again on VAR <laughs> since the Virgil van Dijk incident uh, at this game in the weekend he's back on VAR again and the man in the middle well it's only Craig Pawson Craig Pawson who openly in a game against Liverpool where Lacazette <laughs> was bearing down on goal jumps up in the air and looks as if he's absolutely gutted that our defender manages to make an interception it's one of the most bizarre things you'll ever see in terms of there's no way for him to explain that reaction except as bias now I know I've been rambling on there but it's really getting my goat man how do you feel about this half 12 thing? Please don't tell me we're victims of our own success and <laughs> Liverpool want to be seen. People want to see Liverpool on TV. There's only so many times you can hear that argument. Yeah. Before you go, yeah. well, OK, yeah. that 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 counts for something. And it's a valid point, but it can't be this often and it can't be these people. It feels like they're taking the piss camp. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me 
and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. 100% that. They, it's, um, <laughs> they've got an agenda against us, haven't they? Um, we are hated. We are despised, you know. And, you know, I, I guess if we, if we come across negative, the the worldwide fan base are oh, look at Liverpool fans crying moaning always the same you know whatever blah 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 you know the, always the victim shouts will start suddenly start appearing again and if we don't say anything we we keep getting this shit we keep getting these shit fixtures all the time so what's I suppose has been brilliant about that VAR decision going so badly against us it's high it's truly highlighted how incompetent the officials are running VAR now the worry is now we've got David Coop coming back in who's as incompetent as they get in a high profile game on Saturday in a game that you know we already feel that the world is against us and if he gets the slightest thing wrong now it's going to be a shitstorm. It's going to be an absolute shitstorm. And the PGMOL have only got themselves to blame if that happens. Now, we've got to pray and hope and fingers crossed and big toes and little toes crossed, uh, if you can manage that. Um, we've got to pray and hope that this game goes by without any incident and Liverpool come away with a 24-0 win. And, you know, <laughs> and the world is great again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, if we have anything and anything goes wrong on Saturday and the the officials in Stockley Park fuck up, it's going to be, it's just going to be a shit show. And that's the worry because of the, it's not VAR that's the problem. And this is what a lot of people seem to get wrong badly. The The technology works. It was proven the technology worked because we could all see that Diaz was onside. He wasn't offside. Obviously, the, the linesman had given offside. So if there was no VAR, it would have been given offside and straight away the flag would have gone up and he wouldn't have even had the shot. The referee would have blown the whistle. So we would never know if we would have scored that goal or not if there was no VAR. VAR was meant to help and they're making it worse. Just look how good rugby's VAR is. You still stop the game. In football, you still had 24 minutes on at the end of the 90 to catch up with everything and all this. So it's not a problem, you know, just take it a little bit of time with it and just get it right. It's not a difficult thing to ask, is it? You wouldn't have thought so. You wouldn't have thought so. And and uh, Guy, you said you've been watching a bit of of of, of rugby. Um, 
I think you said you were watching a bit of rugby. I know Callum yeah. had seen a little bit as well, and it does really stand out as a thing. And it's not like those referees aren't surrounded by fellas who are 15 times the size of an average footballer. It's not like they don't get angry either. I mean, there was some serious um, messing going on in some of the games. The game before last with Ireland was absolutely hilarious. Some of the shenanigans, um, fellas getting fired over hoarding boards and stuff like that. But you can openly hear all the communication and it is very, very transparent as a result. You wouldn't trust the audio that we got released as far as you'd throw it because we know that these are up to no good. They've been caught covering each other's backs. In fact, they weren't caught. They openly admitted it. They say that they're all in it together. They're a, you, you look out for your colleague. They're a unit. And we've had this ongoing nonsense that we've been pointing out on this channel, Guy, since... I don't know, since it came in about clear and obvious and about protecting referees. And it just seems to come down to the simple fact that they are protected and that it's never going to be better. It's just not going to be better until there is a separation of church and state there until the VAR are a completely different entity who are not worried about pointing out to whatever dickheads in the middle that he's made a complete balls of it and his little feelings will just have to suffer. I mean, what do you make of all this? And do you see a path forward? Um, I've always been a supporter of VAR because what seems to get lost in the argument against VAR is we have VAR because referees are shit at the job. <laughs> yeah. And if anything, it's just proven they're very, very, very shit at the job. Um, I think the only way forward is complete open communication, as you say, because then they can't hide. Because the um, audio stuff that was clearly edited, because the subtitles didn't line up with the fucking footage. It's not that hard. Um, it's clearly like, tempered with uh, tampered with i should say it's it needs to be open communication they need to simplify the rules to like crayon eat, eating crayon levels of rules <laughs> <laughs> the, like they fucked up an offside that was the one thing i think people had confidence with apart from goal line technology like that's had the one big fuck up in that um sheffield united aston villa game um but offside you're like all right Sometimes it's there and it looks tight, but they've done the calibrated shit and all that. But then you listen to the audio back and it's like, ah, oh, just crack on, lads. It's like, Do a fucking line, you daft twat. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. like VAR as an entity has become this thing that is so overcomplicated. VAR's a fucking replay. It's twats watching a replay fucking up somehow. How? Like, some of the subjective stuff. I think I said this at the time on Today was show over on EPL. Um, the Curtis Jones one. I don't think it's a red card. I could see how it's a red card. Not not asked in the slightest about that. Well, I am, because I'm a Liverpool fan and we don't have one of our, be uh, our better midfielders this season. But I can understand why that was a red card. But a failing of processes like the offside one is just unacceptable. And the fact that blokes only punishment is that he doesn't have to referee a Liverpool game this season's like what and he was it the McAllister war no 
the Onana assault what assault red card from the first weekend, um, the Hooper who fucked up the Spurs game in person, he got punished with a fucking weekend off. Like mm-hmm. it, it is just a complete boys club, um, and that's the big issue. But I think easy fixes is just open communication because you can't listen to the bullshit and how because the thing with the rugby they're always speaking professionally um with certain systems they're having a the conversation that we're all privy to and understanding the process now it's much i think it's much more difficult in football because rugby is a stop start sport as a thing but football's kind of become a lot more stop start in the fact that we have a twat holding his finger to his earpiece for some reason, thinking that's how it works. Mm. Um, five minutes at a time. Now I'm not. I don't tend to go again because what I'm cursed, but probably one for Carl especially to answer. It, to what I understand, you just get completely left in the dark when shit like that's happening. You may get a notice on screen or something like that um, at certain stadiums. But at least we get Gary Neville telling us bullshit and going ooh in the fucking microphone. Whereas if you have the refs having a conversation mic'd up, like we saw at the World Cup, it at least allays the fears in the stadium as a start. But that open communication just needs to be there for everyone. Cause yeah. Th- I don't understand how the fuck did up this much. Like well, the, in, the, yeah. the, ins- the insights that Gary Neville and the boys have is another layer of bullshit because they shouldn't know anything more than anybody else. And yet they've often blown it by, by revealing what the decision was or the rationale for it, right? Well, that's the thing. Like, I think when it happened, Gary Neville was on Sky afterwards um, saying, oh, I, I, I was watching the VAR feed and you could see them all being quite sheepish. And it's like, why the fuck can you see the Varu? <laughs> they can see it, but they can't hear the recording. That's what it is. Yeah, I just they get why? to see the lines as they go on. But it's just like, do we need Gary Neville to be this bastion of overlooking stuff? Like, I don't know what the answer is. Like, I don't like the ex-player thing. I don't think that should be it because let's say Paul Merson, who obviously had that big row with Mike Dean, could he be impartial in a game? Probably not. He's been covering football for 20 years. He was a player in multiple rivalries. Well, Middlesbrough, Arsenal, Portsmouth. That's a lot of teams he's probably played. And he's a Chelsea fan. And a Chelsea fan. So how could he, say, do a Liverpool game impartially? It's not possible. So it's going to take generations to fix the refereeing crisis because they're all shit. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices 
allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Do you mean do you mean referees? Uh, you mean ex-players as referees? As a VAR. Oh, yeah. Well, you see, you see the, 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 the gap there is so ridiculous that you'd be looking at lads who are from the 80s who aren't necessarily minted. Uh, anyone from the 90s on isn't going to even sniff at a job like that because they're they're pretty much elected and they ha- they were on super money from that time on. And, you know, Lisa Marie, it's an interesting, a couple of interesting ways we've gone on this. And obviously the initial thought was another half 12 good god and this lot again in terms of the personnel but we also heard and a guy brings up a really interesting point there that just speaks i think volumes to what is i think overt corruption and i've literally no qualms about saying it too many people are too cautious in 2023 about saying things that might get them on some sort of a list of extremists i don't give a shit if i think it's corrupt i will say it i can't see any other thing but corruption and that doesn't necessarily mean a specific vendetta against Liverpool but it does mean that they are doing their job incorrectly and that they're covering that up that is corruption and you have a situation and Guy mentioned it what do you make of this and when you're kicking this around in the back of your head that that dope has been banned from doing any more Liverpool games what does that say to you? What does that say about him? What does that say about this organisation? Uh, like, is that some sort of a pat on the head to Liverpool? Okay, we won't let him do any more of your games because he's bold. I mean, that's what they used to say to, to, to little babies and kids and toddlers in Ireland when I was young. You know, I mean, what does that, like, I cannot get my head around that. He Either he is incompetent and should do no games, or he is competent and he should be brazenly back in the cycle like Coot is and like uh, like uh, Pawson is. It's it's really weird, that part. For me, that's sort of it gives an extra frisson of, 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 of what's going on here. This is this is just wrong. So, OK, many things. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure where to start. So as far as. Darren England not doing any more Liverpool games. I mean, I, you're right. The whole system is corrupt. I mean, the whole thing is just, it's just a clusterfuck from hell. But the only, the only thing I can make out of, out of, you know, keeping him from not being on any more Liverpool matches is, is that's their way of, of kind of trying to pacify Liverpool, the club, you know, oh, well he, okay, he screwed up. So, so you won't have to put up with him anymore this season. That doesn't fix it at all. Um, And can I say the thing that came to my mind when you had this on the agenda as a topic is, Mm. is there anyone we want on VAR or as the ref or anything? I mean, at this point in time, you know, it's there isn't anyone that'd be like, oh, good. We have that one this week. No, they're all, it's just levels of crap. I mean, <laughs> well, it's a really good, it's a really good point you make because Michael Oliver, at was this point the, time, Michael Oliver for a while, but yeah. yeah, but not anymore. That's the point. Like it's a really, yeah. I think he's the best example. Now you just wince at him is just the same as everybody else. You know, I mean, there's nobody, I don't even really pay attention as to who is going to be the official 
you know, in any place, be at the center or on, on VAR, because it's just, you know, levels of incompetence. I mean, obviously, there are some that are worse than others, but but there isn't any, any name that I see come up anymore that I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Good, good, good week. It's not Paul no. Tini. Woo! <laughs> yeah. You see, you see, you see, you see the, the names coming up and you just go, good process, good process, lads. <laughs> it's horrendous. It just is. I mean, I think the only person I would want on VAR now is the guy who caught the mistake, who isn't yeah. even technically on VAR, you know, and, and was he, the, um, the replay operator. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> yeah, Can I, we have him? I imagine I imagine he's persona non grata is what he is. Probably. You know? He's probably been sent off to do uh be the technical director for, you know, the Siberian football league now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> today, uh today, my friend, you will be assistant VAR in the Gulag archipelago. Good luck. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. It's 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 a really good point that and actually because I want to get tr- to, to our last topic as well, just to bring you in on this one as well real quickly, Carl, um, before we finish off with uh, a little bit of Kloppo and FSG chat. Um, it, I'm, you're kind of, I, I think, a far more phlegmatic individual than I am uh, when it comes to things like that. You don't tend to uh, have much tinfoil around the top of your noggin. Um, but even with that, surely you must be thinking to yourself as one atrocity after another, another mounts in terms of uh, just a distinct lack of fairness. Surely even someone like yourself must think this is not right. No, I mean, I get that there is only a finite amount of officials uh, of Premier League standard, whatever that is, um, at the PGM MOL. Um, uh, I I I like you. I I I think it, it's very it's very clear to say that a conspiracy doesn't necessarily mean a conspiracy against Liverpool. I don't think they're going. It's Liverpool. Let's change all the rules and and you know and, and we'll we'll bluster it out by not saying anything and get Howard Webb to come on and lie to the nation. Um, I think it is a a very 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 poor process or very poor people. And the thing that worries me most about the Spurs thing is that. It took that lad four goes to tell them they got it wrong, and they're the yeah. experts, and they're watching the game, and they're not looking at Tottenham kicking off, are they? They're looking at Tottenham take a free kick, and it still wasn't going in. And all the good process stuff, and you know, slapping themselves on the back—that's the problem. But that's still, I think, that's a wider problem with the game. I still think I just refer to it as, as the blazer issue of the game. It's still being run by people who don't understand football, and um, it, it, it's more frustrating when. You're not allowed to complain about it. And if you do complain about it, my God, that press is going to go against you eventually. The Gary Neville thing about about Liverpool, when and and, and that as I think I've said this before, but the um when the Times said that uh, Liverpool have demanded the audio tapes, no, we didn't. We didn't demand them. We asked for them because they're available. Because the Virgil Van Dijk one was there because they got that one right, fifty fifty. But yeah, they got it right. Okay, um, and it's. The hardest part of this is, is, is transparency because you can't criticise referees because then it looks like, oh, no, abandon it. We had all those bell ends on the BBC last week when we, we were down against Brighton saying, oh, replay the game, Liverpool are losing. You fucking pricks. Um, yeah. it's, it's, I'm, I've, I, I am sort of less bothered about it now because I, if anything the last month has taught me is 
there's no point in improving the game because no one, no one cares about improving the game. People are happy with the way the way it is because and, and I'm I'm part of this as well because people enjoy getting outraged about things. Um, and that, it's not a fair game. I don't think it's been a fair game for quite some time. Um, it's funny should we should be talking about this because I, I wrote something yesterday about Clive Thomas. Um, oh, right. and, I, and I was explaining him. Uh, I think I can say this because I think the piece is going to come out tomorrow, and I don't know when this is going to come out. Um, I, if for those who don't know Clive Thomas, um, he became um, Pierluigi Colina for Everton fans, and he's now Paul Tierney. So you know, there's always going to be that sort of the, the referee you get nothing off ever, and you just think, well, you're just up your own ass. But they've always been up their own asses. And refereeing is hard. It's really, really difficult. As as a as a top professional myself. Mr. Penalty on Friday. Let's not talk about that. Um, although I did score a penalty the week before. Um, I uh, Refereeing is hard because there's times when I've just thought, how can he possibly give that? And then, you know, you realise it's because he's looking through 35 lads on a pitch. That's why it seems, seems like 35. So it's not easy, but they don't do themselves any favour. And giving us David Coote straight away, it's it's flicking our face again, isn't it? And, and David Coote, who has famously had an Old Trafford um, avatar on his Twitter account for a while, but I, I don't think it is that so much. I just think they're just not good at what they do. Um, and uh, it's it just seems to me to be defending a very, very average performance. The Tottenham game was a disgrace. Oh, Simon Hooper's not, not signing on at the moment. is absolutely beyond me. And not for the Diaz thing. That's the only thing he got right. Because he took a decision. He was given that decision by someone else in blue for it. Um, he got everything else wrong. Literally everything. And uh, I think that's the that's the frightening thing, really, for me. It, it's the way one hand washes the other, and we just take it because if you complain about it, it's your fault. And I think that's the same for United as well. And yeah, look, there's there's a there's a thing I've said on Raw a couple of times, and you know, again, in the in the the, the climate that's in it, you you're almost wary of having to watch all your all your angles lest you offend someone. Um, but I actually don't give a shit. I'm I'm just going to say it out clearly. And, and, and confidently, as I look at them as a professional group, I think the least you can do is be in very good nick if you're going to go and be responsible for keeping up with play with some of the fittest athletes in the world. Yeah. And frankly speaking, I'm sure they might hit the lactate test minimum but they aren't in good shape. And I think that slovenliness around the midsection is very, very reflective of the slovenliness in terms of their attitude and then their desire to cover up that slovenliness afterwards. I don't care what anyone says on that. Like, it, I think that's I think that's absolutely fair. You cannot be going barreling around a, a, a Premier League pitch not in shape. It's just ridiculous. I can't think of I can't think of any other profession where that would be even vaguely acceptable. So it's just it's almost just like a little indicator of of that. Uh, that arrogance. Are you saying that John Moss is not a fine physical specimen? I'm, sa- I'm saying John Moss looks like one of the ba- one of the bales like of me. hay around here that's been wrapped up in black plastic. <laughs> that's what he looks like. I I've, didn't I've, say it, but I'm giving it. <laughs> I uh, I had intended us to have a quick chat about the fact that Clapo's eight year anniversary had come round and FSG, NESV, Johnny and Tommy. Uh, had oh, before their... you do that, Brad, can I just tell you some very, very bad news for Guy? Go I'm on. afraid England are losing. 
Oh dear. I've got it on my phone, Carl. I'm a proper. So if you have, <laughs> yeah. have, you, have you got your body warmer on? <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Don't, don't, don't be dissing the gilet. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're carrying a fat white while you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I do tend to support Italy, so I'm kind of happy. Uh, what's it? Is that just a random thing, guy? Kinda. I don't know. I think I've just always liked like. I always liked Italy as well. I don't know why. I'm going to sound more tall now. F1, I always liked Ferrari when I was growing up. Right. <laughs> or six, I supported Italy in the World Cup. Um, Mussolini? Yeah, a bit, a bit of that. A bit of that. My people, thank you. <laughs> my father's half italian i know i keep, forget, I keep forgetting your your incredible mixed heritage background that you can just throw I am is the american melting pot okay it's yeah, fantastic it is Tennessee fantastic. Is <laughs> actually uh, anyway um <laughs> we, we we will actually wrap it up because the clap conversation the NESV FSG conversation is a big one, and we might just keep that as part of our next show um, because we usually do these things when it's too close to a game to be completely focusing on game analysis. So um, it just it, it it just remains for me to ask you if you've any final thoughts on anything we've said so far, or anything you want to plug, or anything you're looking forward to. Cam, I'll start with you on this. Um. Went back to the gym this week after four years. Get in. I can't believe I can't believe how incredibly weak I am now. Incredibly weak. I cannot even lift literally a quarter of the weights I used to lift. I am in agony. I I've I've torn my tricep in my right arm. I'm in I've been crying all night in pain. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody Mrs. Cares. B, Mrs. B, kick me I out. Can't bed. Can. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, you're not nobody. So um, you, you're somebody. Um, um. So yeah, it's it's been awful, and, it, and it's only been two days. You know, the best part about that is it does actually really improve quite quickly. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have believed that, but it does. And, you, you know, you start to see these little gains and it's, it is good, man. Don't worry about it. You won't be long in the doghouse. You won't be, you won't be moaning and groaning for long. I'm just looking forward to my new home. I, I can't wait to see this shed, man. Send us on some photos of your... I, 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 well, I'll take some tomorrow. Well, yeah, but, tomorrow. I'll take some this week. Really, well, I really want to see where you're going to be broadcasting live from. Anything else <laughs> before we wrap up? Is that you? Are you happy enough? That's, that's me, done. Yeah, that's Excellent. Me done. Uh, Guy, any recommendations for us? Do throw out the name of that uh, film before we go as well, won't you? Oh, my God. What was it called? Ch- Champ, Champy, Champy, and the girls. That was it. Champy and the girls yes. about a guy, a a, 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 a massive mouthed man who swallows humans whole. Tremendous stuff. Even if you don't have time, just search it on TikTok because there was a two minute highlight package there that we all enjoyed. We did really enjoy it. Anything else just before you go? Then I've got a bit of a headache. If that counts towards Cam's <laughs> struggles. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, uh, I, this is this is a good. Uh, no, I think that's empathy, Cam. I mean, I know I, I know you're you're hurting, lad, but I think that's actually <laughs> empathy. So, guy, I'm in hall tomorrow. I'll just uh, I'll post some neurofen up to you. All right. Thank you. It's only like, it's only like an extra three hours, but it's fine. Tremendous. What, Lisa Marie? What about you? Anything to wrap up before we go? Um. 
No, not particularly. Um, as Guy and I were chatting um, at the weekend, my, my daughter seems to have discovered F1, which is bizarre. Dear but God. Anyway. She's, going to, she's going to Texas at the weekend. <laughs> no, she isn't. No, apparently she has a friend who um, is very much follows the, the Formula One. And, of course, my daughter is a, like all 14-year-old girls, um, is a big Taylor Swift fan. So they had this like agreement where her friend would listen to three Taylor Swift songs um, a week or whatever. And MC would, would watch a race. Um, and the thing is, is, is she's kind of gotten into it, but she won't admit that to her friend. Um, so anyway, but it's just, it was just funny. She started talking to me about it at, at dinner about a week ago. And I was, I was like, well, I actually know what that is. Because wow. Guy talks about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm familiar. I just have never literally sat through. But I through think a... she was giving me great detail about the race over in Qatar and how the drivers were all passing out in heat. And I'm just like, okay. You anyway, go back to the dance studio, chat. See, she was on. She had sprained her ankle again, so she was off dance for a couple. Uh, you see, that's what happens. That's the slippery, <laughs> the slippery slope is F1. Next thing that's you how, know, that's how I ended up watching F1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you sprained your ankle in ballet class. <laughs> His, yeah. his dance injury it's a uh, it's, it's, it's it was a tragic moment in guy's life uh carl <laughs> strictly, <laughs> lads. i know lad i know i know i've seen the i've seen the video of that pirouette you just went down like a sack of spuds it was it was sad uh, uh carl what about yourself anything to wrap up before we go man and by the way uh how, how goes the football career um, yeah, I scored a penalty, but then I got all cocky. We got another one this week, and I stepped up for that. And it, it was probably the, the worst rain I've ever played in, and I did scuff it. We won anyway, but um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm playing uh, in uh, the left of the three at the back now. Um, look at you! Look at you! With, with, are you, are you not the answer? Are you, are you not the answer to our problems? The left the of Mam- the Mamadou, well, Mamadou Saku. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more, more, more sort of. Nelson Vivas. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was a left back. I can't remember that. Yeah, um, I'm, th- I'm thinking more Nelson Mandela myself. <laughs> yeah, um, so they've reduced our league to four teams, which means um, we play a cup game on Friday, which means we're already in the semis. Quite pleased with that. Um, That's or it's straight into the third, fourth playoff. Happy with that. Um, do fat burn as you will be Mama Sacco, you'll miss the final <laughs> yeah that's true yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the dressing room and cause a chaos and, and then knock it on a plane that, that's how I, I intend I mean, to you get to do a nice yeah. YouTube video before you get to go though yeah absolutely yeah god he was a prick wasn't he um, love him yeah yeah, yeah maybe he did yeah yeah and I, I kept saying yes but why he can't defend well actually no he was, he was a very good central defender but anything down the side he was less keen on that's what I can remember most about him. And Ian Eyre also referred to him as uh, the, a marquee signing, which confused the, me a great deal when we needed strikers and midfielders at the time, um, which is build. Um, I'm watching the Saddle thing, the Steve Coogan thing, if you've seen that. All right. It's harrowing, though. It's, it's, my, my boss came up with the, the, I saw my boss yesterday and she said, I'm watching one, but then watching a comedy for an hour afterwards just to sort of, you know, regulate things a bit. Mm. So I'm watching the last one tonight. Well, I'm not episode four. I think that's the last one. But uh, yeah, it's looking that way. He's about eighty at this point. So uh, yeah, but I've got to say, um, if you haven't seen it, it sort of mixes footage with Coogan. And there are times when, like, when he's in the, in the background or phase that like, you can't quite see who it is, and you're not sure 
if it's Savile or Coogan, that's how good Coogan is. Yeah. So well done. And it's, and it's not just the impression, it's like the way he sort of like tilts his head back to look at someone when he's, you know, about to bollock them. Yeah, well, anyone who's ever watched the trip will know that Coogan's um, a fantastic mimic, but he's also a decent actor, to be fair to the lads. So um, it's something I probably will get around to, but I don't know. Is it BBC it's on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. So I, I, I don't. We can't we can't get BBC Player here. So unless you're watching it live, you're not going to. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not a thing over here for whatever reason because we don't pay your um license fee to um King Charlie or oh. whoever picks that up uh, <laughs> out there. Um, I presume it's Charles going around scooping up the loot and spending it on um you know uh, creams for his incredibly fat sausage fingers. But I could be wrong about that completely. Um, we oh, will. Okay. Can I say this then? Um. Series three from the host house on Audible, where where Prince Charles's fingers, yes, you saw Prince Charles, um, uh, are referenced. Coogan does, uh, sorry, Partridge does a um, uh, because he, he was promised by a drunken BBC exec that he covered the coronation when it happens. Um, this was like twenty odd years ago, and obviously he was uh, they let they they let him down when the actual coronation happened, so he records his own, and it contains the lines. Yes, that'll do. There's only so much you can fucking talk about horses. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to check this out now. Oh, the, the Oast House, honestly, spend the credit on it. It's absolutely fantastic. Tremendous. That was episode 371. You heard Carl Kopak. You heard Lisa Marie Hanahan, Guy Drinkle, Cam Branch. I've been Trev Denny. It's been emotional. We'll talk to you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.